0: Uh, we got punched right in the face the last 10 days or so, and you got to understand that and you got to make adjustments and you got to have the right um, attitude. You got to have the right focus going forward. And, and talking to the guys, you know, and hearing them, it's, uh, it's got to happen tomorrow. And yes, it's a tough division. Yes, that's a good team. And we're still a, a good team, too. So little things today, you know, you out hit the opponent again, you don't control the running game, you're careless with the baseball can't happen so uh starting tomorrow it's a uh it's a new series and hopefully uh, those things are, are taken care of
1: well it's friday on the fan morning show with justin and alish and the toronto boo Jays.
2: oh <laughs> It's Friday for me because I'm having a serious headphone. Yeah, I had down. to wait an extra ten <laughs> yeah, seconds to I don't know what press I'm doing on here. to my
1: mic because you had fourteen headphones tangled. All up ta- over there. why
2: are they all tangled up together? It's Friday. Who was in here yesterday?
1: Oh boy, folks.
2: <sighs> a lot of a lot of huffing and puffing over there. What's wrong?
1: I just I don't know. The Blue where it Jays lost,
2: like lingering. Yeah, it's in t- your it was a
1: Tough one, I think. The sky is falling. That's where we're at.
2: So there's stages of like like when you of grief, <laughs> yeah, when you're resigned to a certain outcome. I think maybe You've, me and Gunner like there. skirting around the Blue Jays for a couple of weeks put me in a position where this is like not a ton of bricks, but maybe you're experiencing you know the giant piano falling on your head. Right
1: I now. might be. I might be experiencing that. Or maybe Justin.
2: summer setting in. We had a couple series extended, so we got something that to helps. watch this weekend. But like. Oh, there's only like a couple more games in the that NHL and it. NBA. I'm looking. And how are we going to deal with this Blue about Jays this season? Every day. I, mean, I think that might be it.
1: It could be just the realization that it is still May. Things are wrapping up, and the Blue Jays are the worst team in the best division in baseball. And
2: double digits in terms double of games back. Digits. It is it's pretty wild. Rough. Good thing we've got. Fifty games into the season.
1: Good thing we've got our buddy John Morosi on at seven. It's been a while since we chatted. We need to break this down with a pro.
2: Yes, yeah, yes, but like he's this ultra positive guy. of cl- you think and he that's can do we it today? We only our seven a.m. guys on Friday always just ultra positive yes. guys. I, I like it's going to be hard to hear positivity when it comes He'll to the Blue Jays way. today. He will. He will
1: say it's early,
2: and I'll be like, "He'll John, say I those don't know. words." And then yeah, I is think it he, early, he will put me in a better mood. Okay, well, but it's hard to be in a good mood when you're talking about this Blue Jays team right now.
1: All right, and I, I want to source the fans. Five ninety five ninety. It's been a tough go here. It is rough, gross baseball that we're seeing for the Toronto Blue Jays. They had a players only meeting after the game last night or yesterday afternoon. People are calling for John Schneider. So we need to know. Five ninety, five ninety, where's your pulse? Where's your can you give us a glimmer of positivity? I challenge you. If not, we'll read your text. If you wanna you wanna unload a little bit of frustration, Friday frustration. And then we could turn it around at the end of the show and find a little positivity. How about that? Mm-hmm. Open it up. 590, 590.
2: Well, um, emotions, uh, that's an important thing because it's still emotional, right? Mm-hmm. It's still emotional with John Snyder, the decision making, Manoa, so on and so forth. What you don't want is the apathetic thing. And, it, and I'm kind of getting there with Manoa. Like, I can only give him a couple innings and it looks the same. And I'm like, I got to take a little breather mm-hmm. here. I got to go for a walk. I got to go see something else because this is the same old story. And it gets really, really frustrating. So as long as it's still emotional, which it still is, uh, I think there's still hope. But oh. once we get to the apathetic stage, Oof, that's and tough. like I said, I think it started here with Manoa, then we're in trouble.
1: Okay, so let's start with Manoa. Um, there's lots that it's, it's almost overwhelming to start to talk about where the Blue Jays team is falling short. It is not just starting pitching. Starting pitching might be low lower lower on the list than it feels, but it's Alec Manoa that is wearing the brunt of a lot of this, mm-hmm. deservingly so don't get me wrong. Um it's come to the point where it is untenable. I think that you there's got to be a move. There's no more, one more opportunity, one more start. Look at the numbers Alec Manoa is the worst qualified starter in baseball. Yeah. On I think nine out of ten areas of that you can categorize it. I don't know how you can just confidently keep putting that guy out there. Not only for I don't your, think
2: it's confidently.
1: Not well, think about the team as well. Like there's multiple stages. This fan base, we know how the fan base is feeling about Alec Manoa. Think about how the players are feeling about Alec Manoa. Like he's your buddy. I get it. He is uh energetic, positive, puma but there's a point where you're looking like okay it, there's, something needs to change here the coaching staff has i think they've hit a point where you can't be babying the guys emotions anymore a hard decision has to be made whether that's a, go down to triple a but then okay who come like, who's going to pitch then mm-hmm. you start to look at this trickle effect of, yeah, sure, easy thing is to put Alec Manoa down, triple A, have a couple starts, put him on the injury list for a little bit. Maybe he's got a, oh, he tweaked his shoulder, phantom injury, whatever you need to do to get Alec Manoa some time. But then second part of the equation is, okay, who, who's filling that role, right? So then it's like now we start to open up the curtains and the Blue Jays depth this question, then it gets overwhelming. But I don't, I'm not paid the big bucks to make those answers come to fruition, but I think we're at this point where Alec Manoa needs something and not rolled out in four days from now.
2: Yeah. I think we actually had like a decent plan last week talking with Ben Nicholson Smith. um, And it was basically pairing your long man with Alec Manoa. So you're planning to use, let's say it's Mitch white uh, with Alec Manoa every week. So you can, you can continue to give Alec Manoa the chance To give you something, to turn things around, to find that slider, to find the feel, to get to where you were or at least on the path to where you were last year because you've got a little fallback option. It's not going to be a complete disaster, an automatic loss every single time. But they don't even have that guy anymore. Mitch White transferred to the Mm 60-day DL, and I I guess that doesn't really change things. But he did have a little setback Mm -hmm. and it's not as though he's immediately knocking on the door, ready to go. You're right. It underscores the, the issue with this team. They have no depth. They don't have any depth at any position. We got Ernie Clement coming up a journeyman. Who's your number one option in terms of triple a. And he was that across the board. There's no one there to just step up other than other journeymans. To pitch for Alec Manoa, and you gotta make the, you gotta like weigh the pros and cons there. Like, what are you doing to Alec Manoa's confidence further? What are you doing to Alec Manoa's future trajectory? And what are we actually putting out there on the mound instead? Mm -hmm. And can you actually tell yourself and convince yourself that it's better? I'm not sure you can because you're not the Rays who just have a Taj Bradley ready to go when Jeffrey Springs goes down.
1: I think somebody else in four days from now is a better option.
2: A 40 year old Drew Hutchison? Trevor Richards, Sa Young. You want him to start games now? Sure. Trevor Richards is the guy. He's he's kind of like the Chris Bassett, but it's not because the the Maple Leafs are playing for me. Mm-hmm. It's because Alec Manoa just blew up, and I don't want to watch the game anymore. So I miss the Trevor. Richards so why can But he's been good. Have yes. a
1: starter and have one day where you just okay. It's going to be messy because the we're gonna bullpen's gonna put a couple already in? too
2: thin. Like I don't even think they can do what the Rays do because so they, they, they can't rely just... on. Like, you can't tax your bullpen, and then Kevin Gosman can eat up innings. You just saw him throw 115 pitches. Maybe that it's in the right spot in the order, Mm -hmm. but I just think you're going to be playing with fire, where you get to the point where, okay, Gosman can't last, and you have nowhere to go to. By the next game with Bassett, you've completely run out of options, and you're just taxing a bullpen that's not talented in the way that the Rays' bullpen is. But,
1: I mean, Alec is still only pitching three innings
2: <laughs> yeah that's true that's it's a good not point. like he
1: he extended himself to six last night and that's he why I thought
2: three. pairing the long man works because it's like that's one guy who's just got to eat it if Manoa if Manoa stumbles right out of the block so
1: and I completely I'm playing devil's advocate if if Manoa doesn't go down and he continues to roll out a start next week I think you're having the same conversation that we had yesterday and we had it with Kevin Barker Al Guino's season starts today. We kept saying that. This was it. This is a big moment for him. He's got to have a bounce back. And if he doesn't, and he doesn't, and he doesn't again, I do worry about the guy's confidence. I do worry about everybody else's confidence. There's got to be a point where it, there's a breaking point, and I'm at it right now, but also it, it, your point is, is – is, is, Another issue of this of this issue, another issue of this issue, is that...
2: <laughs> if, issues on issues.
1: They're piling up. The Blue if Jays Alec 2023 season. Is what, sent down a trip? Like, what is, is there something that we are pinpointing that he's working on? Like, I'm still baffled by what the issue is. Is it timing? Is it the pitch clock? He can't find his command. Yesterday he was doing with, um with Alejandro Kirk, and things looked different. It looked messy with him. Obviously, Danny Jansen's... They looked better with Jansen, out. and now Jansen's out. Danny Jansen's out. out. So, So if you can tell me... like a list of things that Alec Manoa can do if he goes down to AAA for a week or for a couple starts. I'm all for it, but I feel perplexed to know exactly what the issue is with Alec Manoa. So you either keep him up there and run it out and hope that he has this major bounce back and get some momentum, but I don't don't even think that that's the realistic option right now. But I... I kind of feel like I'm throwing my hands up in the air at this
2: point. Yeah, and I think the Blue Jays are doing the same. I mean, there are many theories all the way down to conditioning and the pitch clock and how that affects conditioning. I, I, I like if if that's an if that's something like that's still top of mind. Yeah, but like, are you laboring because you're not executing, or are you laboring because you're laboring Both? physically? I, I just I can't I can't believe that this guy because he's told to speed up five five seconds is now, doesn't have enough endurance to could be a starting pitcher too. in Major League Baseball. Like, that, that to me, is a stretch. Yeah. It really is. Like, was he not working all, all winter long? Like, I don't, I don't think so. And this so guy, what else lo- could this be? guy loves being Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's not Alec Manoa right now probably kills him. It's probably eating him up. I oh, There's a lot going on I, between the, the years, for sure. He is a for competitor, sure. for sure. And to think he wouldn't be ready for this year doesn't make any sense to and,
1: me. And I agree. I think he, and He's a guy that puts the work in. He puts it out on social media. You saw it. Like he he cares a lot about being the ace of this team and he has not delivered and I do think that there's a factor that is starting to cloud him when he's on the mound. He mm-hmm. gets behind, he has a bad start and it it's not easy to snap out of it, right? And I think that that's part of it. It's between the years too. So maybe maybe setting him down makes that worse. I think it would. But I don't know I what else to do. <laughs>
2: I, I, I don't want to mess the, with the confidence that way. Do like, you
1: think he has any confidence right now?
2: <laughs> I I think I think he's the type of guy that would be hurt more by a demotion. But he's like, also go, a gamer. Hey, like go to AAA and see if you can get out AAA batters, and, and that's not the issue. Like I think the guys down there are talented enough to lay off the slider that just doesn't cut mm-hmm. the way he needs it to. That doesn't look like it needs to out of his hand.
1: Okay, so what do you do? You're in charge. You're Pete Walker and John Snyder right now. Okay.
2: I would... Well, we saw some progress with Danny Jansen, and I know he's not an option anymore. Do you have more of a pro behind the plate than Alejandro Kirk, even if you're taking a step back offensively? Is that fella from AAA?
1: But the, Alec Bono has would have zero or zero to no relationship with who, who's in AAA.
2: I just think... I, I think that... Kirk might be part of the issue.
1: Oh, he is. For sure.
2: So can you at least eliminate one variable there?
1: Wow, you're really doing a lot to put this guy in a position.
2: And again, that sucks that Danny Jansen went out when he did because we saw a glimmer of hope. You mentioned the players only meeting. Like, do you think that the genesis is Alec Manoa? What do you think Alec Manoa is saying or doing in the meeting? If Alec Manoa called that meeting... Not called it, but... Is the reason why it was called?
1: No. And I want to go
2: back to the, Like, put him in the... Put him... Paint a picture of him t- in that meeting. Maybe is the tipping just, point is he sitting there quietly, not saying a Oof. thing? Because he's supposed to be the leader of this team. He's the heartbeat of this team in a lot of ways. I think he's he was, got his
1: tail between his legs a bit. He looked really pissed off after that game. There's a, a couple shots of him and Snyder and him and Pete Walker kind of going at it a bit. He pitched three innings. He's... Embarrassed. I'm sure he's really ticked off at the way that his season's going at himself, too. Like, I don't know what he could be complaining about. To, yeah, you need to be pulled from that game. Nonetheless, um, the players' meeting, and I, I wanted to be clear about this isn't a, like Alec Manoa is not the reason that the Blue Jays have lost X amount. How many games have they lost in the last two weeks? It's been brutal. They have ba- basically not, a, their average of runs, and I know they scored 20 the other day, is around three runs per game. Not good enough. They can't hit with runners in scoring position. They cannot. Their offense is crap. Mm -hmm. That isn't Alec Manoa's problem. That is a problem with the Toronto Blue Jays. Their game is not a clean baseball game. They're making so many errors. It's sloppy. It's Times Little League-esque. Mistakes that should be made. From the manager, too. Manager making mistakes. Their depth is tested. Their big guys aren't performing. You have Ernie Clement... And Dalton Varsho, or uh, pinch hitting for Dalton Varsho. Uh, You traded away some people that are quite offensively talented and you look like that has changed your entire roster. Like, this is what I mean by where to start. There are so many things that are culminating into this, ah, sky is falling moment, Mm -hmm. piano on the head. And it isn't just Alec Manoa. He's taking the brunt of it because last night, I mean, it was just like, again, another Alec Manoa opportunity. But the players only meeting, wouldn't it be great to be in there to, feel what's going on, who's the leader of that, who's calling it. Of course. Yeah, but also feels bad vibes, of course. And I was listening to Kevin Barker post-game on Blair and Barker and he brought up some really good points. He's been in a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Right? He's been in many players' meetings. I have as well, but it's different for hockey. Maybe. Well, Maybe. I don't Maybe think it's not. that much different. But he just brought up a good point. Like, it's, it's going to be, I um, don't want to put words in his mouth, but basically that the players that are performing good are looking at the players that are playing like crap and saying, you need to do this better, you need to do this better. And either the team kind of goes two sides and falls apart or these guys get defensive, these guys get, you know, maybe a little bit on the attack. It's, it's never really like, oh, thank you so much for telling me that my slider is crap. I had no idea. I will I'll perform better next time. Thank you very much. Like, it's a mm-hmm. lot of tension in there. I don't know how many times you're walking out of that meeting and be like... Love it. Let's go get some beers. Like, go squad. Team is united, right?
2: Uh, You hope that. I think it depends a little bit. Like, Manoa is a different case because when you're the person that's the issue in a lot of ways or a main part of it, Mm -hmm. you're you're not yelling and screaming. But you're also not getting people yelling and screaming at you. I feel like he's like – So what's the point of the meeting? I I think it's about everything else. Like, I I definitely don't think that meeting was about Alec No, no, no.
1: And I don't either. I think that meeting – I hope the meeting – because I wasn't in there, and we don't know.
2: Well, I don't think it's different. I think you. Why? Why would a meeting be called for a hockey team?
1: Because the team is underperforming. They're making. What's
2: the team like? Okay, oh, sorry. In yeah, rap, they're go.
1: making mental mistakes that can Which be cleaned seen. up. Yeah, um, the stars aren't starring. They're not shining. Sure. Uh, frustration is gloomy. Maybe a little bit of like, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. Maybe it's uh, it's being you're like, letting
2: result affect play. Exactly. Okay.
1: You're going off your identity. You know, you know what your team does well. You know how to perform at a high level. You're letting the results affect who you are as a team. I don't know; those are probably be the main reasons I would call a players-only meeting. And maybe guys are are starting to become apathetic.
2: Yeah, I mean that would be a, that would be a serious concern mm-hmm. if we reach that point. Uh, and that's the reason why you'd be yelling and screaming in a clubhouse. But yeah, I think you nailed the things that actually are happening. I think. The results are affecting how they play. The fundamentals are lacking. Maybe the concentration is waning. Maybe frustration is, individual frustration is having an effect on actual performance. And maybe the performance of others are affecting, you know, maybe there's people grumbling about whatever. Exactly. And that needs to be uh, brought pointing to the fore Pointing fingers at by other someone. players
1: and they should be, you know, pointing fingers at themselves a bit too.
2: And I, I guess we kind of have to talk about John Schneider then. Because these things happen outside of a manager or a coach a lot of the times. Where it's just like, hey, let's have a discussion just us before the manager comes in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's about the manager. This manager was brought in because he was the players guy. He was the guy who was, yeah, he was about fundamentals, a little bit of old school, but also... The guys love them. Great relationship mm-hmm. with guys who have actually come up, the few who have come up through mm-hmm. the system. Uh, so I don't I, I don't think... This isn't a manager problem yet. I think they're manager issues. But that is scapegoat stuff, for sure. Because like this, calling
1: for John Schneider to yes, be fired today. Yes, that, that is career. scapegoat
2: stuff because it's on the players. He can't fix... Vla- he, he's not the reason Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has has been something yep. less than a superstar this year. With the whole team He's can't. not the reason... Yeah, maybe he's influenced Varsho's confidence a little bit by pinch-hitting him for Ernie Clement. Maybe. <sighs> but I think that that's what we knew all along. And that's mm-hmm. what the spreadsheets and the formulas are telling everyone to do is, hey, the splits are this way and maybe this is a better option. You have to balance that as a manager, the information and the actual feel. But Dalton Varsho hasn't earned anything to not be above... A situational decision mm-hmm. at this point. He's underperformed since he's been a member of the Blue Jays. Like the things that are so clear, John Schneider can't really affect. And even the fundamentals things, like you can scream, "Hey, we need to be better at fundamentals." We do the work in spring training on the fundamentals, but so if you don't perform. execute them exactly because your butt hurt about going over for 4 the previous day, mm-hmm. then there's nothing really you could do about it as a manager. He's kind of like. He's on an island a little bit, and he's had to absorb his entire tenure here. It went well when it when things turned around, and yep. the first couple months, whatever, were really good. But since the playoffs, the face has gotten redder. He's been had to deal with more. He's like slinging uh, mud being slung in his direction, and he can only really say, "Hey, things will be all right. We're going to move on. We're going to be better for it." And that's all he can really do at this point. It's not time yet to play that card where you're calling out someone like Vladimir Guerrero mm. Jr. He's not at that point yet. But at some point, something's got to change, and that's why the frustration is there. Because his demeanor hasn't really changed, despite that's the what failures I want in the playoffs, too. despite the failures to start this season. Nothing's really changed from the messaging standpoint from Schneider. I get why that's frustrating mm-hmm. to the fans, but I think that's what the clubhouse needs. Because if he goes off the rails, then this entire thing can really, really get bad.
1: I- I'm in two camps on this. I think he's a he seems like a real lovely, level headed guy. He. Isn't like you see Aaron Boone getting ejected for the, what, 40th time this season? I don't want that, okay? But I want a little bit more from John Mm -hmm. Schneider when it comes to this pretty brutal stretch. Your team is double digits back from the lead. They're the very worst team in the AL East. They're playing like it. It's a hard division. Yeah, that's great. And the mental mistakes and the errors are not only on the players, they're on the coaching staff. So I think there's needs to be a little bit more fire. I agree. But I don't want fake fire for fire's sake, right? Like I don't want throwing bottles and iPad smashing if that's not really going to motivate your team. Every team and every player is, is inspired and motivated differently, right? It's like a head coach on a, on a hockey bench. Sometimes you have to like kick a guy in the ass and sometimes you need to let them be a little bit they figured out themselves, right? I don't Mm -hmm. know. John Schneider's got his own problems to try to deal with a a whole team of different personalities. I don't have any sympathy for it, though. That's the position you're in. I want to play uh, Matt Chapman on the players' only meeting. So um, post-game...
2: Probably the best person to hear from.
1: And he is, I believe, the leader of this team. I think well-respected and been around the block, and he knows what it takes to perform at a high level. They were asked post-game, so I guess uh, the story behind it is the... The locker room door was closed a little bit longer, so reporters were like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. What's going on? Um, and Matt Chapman was asked uh, if there was a players-only meeting and what was going on there behind the scenes. So we have uh, some post-game audio from Matt Chapman.
3: I'm not even sure how you guys know that that happened. <clears throat> uh, I'll just keep that between the team for now.
2: Matt, when you do look at this uh, recent trip, where do you think the area is under and what can you offer to the
3: Look, you know, I think that <clears throat> everything gets magnified when you're you're not winning. I think just, the, you know, I, I think there's small things we can take away, but for the most part, you know, we, we just haven't, we, we got to play better. You know, that's just the fact of the matter. We have to play better, and I think the biggest thing we need to work on is finding ways to <clears throat> win games when maybe we're not, You know, tearing the cover off the ball, or maybe, you know, we have had some defensive miscues all around. Um, We haven't been able to maybe just finish off innings on the mound, you know. So, you know, we win as a team, we lose as a team. I wouldn't say that. There's no, you know, there's no rhyme or reason to why, you know, we're going through this stretch right now. But I think, you know, the way the way for us to get out of it is to just, you know, come together as a team, find ways to win. You know, it might not be pretty, but, you know, we need to get back in the win column. It doesn't matter how we do it. Uh, just find a way to win games and just compete and, you know, maybe just put, put the focus on, you know, winning the ball game.
1: I like Matt Chapman because I, I didn't hear my many excuses you know mm-hmm. we need to play better we need to be better defensively on the mound we need to finish inning strong we need to clean up our errors like he wasn't sugarcoating it you know oh it's just been a tough stretch but like we just gotta we we'll believe in ourselves and play better like he takes accountability for the actions of the team and that's what needs to happen right now?
2: Also, protective of the clubhouse. We heard his yeah. comments right off the top. Oh, it was interesting. Hi, like, I don't know how you guys know about to...
1: this meeting. It's like, well, oh,
2: these people kind of have their been job. around long enough. <laughs> it where, is their job. If you're to out of the routine, open the door. Yeah, uh, the door is not open. That means something's being discussed in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. But do you want to hear John Schneider on the team meeting? Yeah,
2: let's do that. Okay, let's, one let's last clip
1: This is uh, Manager John Schneider on the players calling the team meeting, which he did uh, then end up in. So was a players only meeting with Josh Landry as well with a guest,
0: (laughs) you know, in a perfect world, I think, you know, players are driving this, you know what I mean? Players are driving this. They're living it. They have a set of standards they live by. And right now, um, not up to their expectations. So it's, it carries more weight from the players. Obviously, you know, myself and the staff is here to support that. And, um, you know, me personally, I think when players are holding themselves accountable and when players are, are living what we're, what we're expecting, you know, the, um, I think the message is delivered a little bit more
1: firmly. Well, I guess that's what you want, right? Like, if the players are calling the meeting and they're being accountable, that's step one, right, if you're turning the ship around.
2: I guess so. But, like, it's not even a step at all if there isn't actual
1: oh, today.
2: action, right? <laughs> but, but again, like, this is kind of the point. And I think not. it's not a fallacy, but, like, baseball, it's always told like, it's a bunch of individual events happening at all times, and things that happen here don't affect that, but I just think that's false. Like I don't know how you could, as a team that had World Series aspirations that made some serious moves in the offseason in order to be something different but to be better wouldn't be impacted by a guy like Alec Manoa turning into something that's far less than. And I think that's something that's hard to deal with. I think it infects the entire organism. I don't think this team can be expected to just be like, Blind to the fact that the guy who was supposed to be mm-hmm. the one leading the first game of the postseason this September, once again, is falling apart. Yeah, it's at the different seams. if
1: it was, I don't want to say Kikuchi, but Kikuchi. <laughs> it's
2: yeah, different. it's way different. Not, not and every individual decline is not the same or worth the same. This is really serious. And it's something that would affect And have great effect on their ability to be the team that they were set out or they were setting out to be, and I think that's why there's a bit of a dip, and that's probably why that's why the meeting was called. I don't think they were calling out Alec Manoa to his face, but I think they were talking about how we can't let the previous play, the previous pitch, the previous error, the previous whatever affect what they're doing in the next play, Mm -hmm. in the next play after that, in the next play, in the next inning, in the next game. Gonna be like a goldfish. You got to be like a goldfish, but it's hard to be like a goldfish when I don't want to say you're Austin Matthews because that's not the same. That's a false equivalency, but the guy who's supposed to be your guy is failing Mm -hmm. and there's no real recourse that you can take. There's no plan B. There's no next step. You need him to be better or this whole thing isn't going to work. It's hard to rid your mind of that. And I feel like that's something that they're dealing with. And I honestly feel like that's something that's going to be really, really difficult to overcome. They can talk about overcoming it, but overcoming it is a different story.
1: I mean, they got the guy on the mound today that you got probably the most confidence out on the entire team. And, Kevin and, and Gosman. this is a
2: really important series. And you got the three pitchers yep. you would want in this series. So if you can't. So if you can't win this series, Yeah.
1: Then we are really in trouble Monday morning. You've got Kevin Gosman, Chris Bass, and Jose Barrios on the mound the next three days against the Minnesota Twins who are leading their division but have a very similar record to the Toronto Blue Jays. The divisions are very different. Nonetheless, you got to go out there, and whatever was talked about in that locker room, there needs to be action. A players-only meeting is a pretty bold thing. Everyone knows about it now. It's made its way onto social media. We're talking about it. The reporters are going to be dialed in tomorrow. To see what the vibe is in the clubhouse, in the dugout, how everyone's feeling, who's got a pep in their step, who said what. They're going to try to get all this information. It doesn't matter. When you step out there to play the game tonight, it's got to be like, um, it's got to feel like a must win. And don't shy away from that. Embrace that. This team is, there's still so much baseball to be played. This is the John Marossi spin we're going to hear at 7. And I believe it, though. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. It looks overwhelming when you look at the standings and you are was 10 games back but it it takes one game one series you go two for three this weekend great you come back home you start to to get a little bit of momentum under you but it today can't feel more important like it's it's may 26 and it feels like the season's riding on i know it's crazy it's crazy to say that but I, i don't know how else to feel
2: and there, there are more than just one spot, the playoff spot, available in mm-hmm. the AL East. Like you don't have to win the division; you can get to the point where it's Kevin Gosman and Chris Bassett in a must-win wild card yeah. series, and you might feel good about it. But as long as Kevin Gosman
1: doesn't get pulled early in the game,
2: yeah, I got to readjust uh. expectations. Uh, just back to my point on like helping Manoa the best you can, and maybe that doesn't involve Kirk. Seven for seven stolen bases for the race yesterday. It's,
1: see, this is it, the problems are and just I, piling I, and up. And I
2: know that's partly Alec Manoa's doing, right? Like, not doing his job. It's on the pitcher, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just on pop time.
1: You know who had great pop time?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. Who? Gabby Moreno. Oh,
1: Gabby Moreno.
2: He had great pop time. Pop time was but off the charts. But my point is, Rob Brantley or Tyler Heineman can either of them go... One for seven, thrown out of us. Worth runner. a try, Justin. You, Can one of those guys there's do There's got
1: to be something done, though, right? Like they can't. Some sort of move, some sort of a, they. They change the lineup. Yes, should, how'd that look? I mean, they're trying whatever. Yeah. Is there too much trying? This is that like I don't know. I'm not a major league manager.
2: Yeah, well, I mean we're going through the list of potential options.
1: There you get some texts in here. Anyone hear some? Sure. Melissa from Cambridge. They need the home run jacket back and the fun. I think taking that away and trying to be serious really messed with them. I I know it sounds like crazy, but I think that they tried to be something that they're not. I don't know. I'm not saying the reason they're losing they these games did, is the home run jacket. they did
2: change the composition of the team. But they, like bar Varsho, was, they're not home serious. run jacket guys. Teo's home serious. run jacket. We are serious. We are a
1: serious team. But you they're, 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 not, they're not playing serious baseball. They're not like a group of grade
2: five kids who are told not to laugh, and it's more funny when you're told not to laugh. I just
1: think it's how how, how funny it was that the whole preseason and first 20 games of this season were about this new-look Blue Jays that are no BS, like we are serious, we don't mess around, we don't smile. And it it's kind of funny now because every other team looks like they're having a blast yeah. with their tridents and they're whatever, sombreros, and everybody's having so much fun.
2: The Blue yeah, Jays don't having, think they're having fun, they're but they're, having, they're also losing. They're having fun, but they're having fun in the field, making things look mm-hmm. effortless and easy, while the Blue Jays are making, committing errors and allowing base runners to move freely from first to second whenever they <laughs> yeah, want. There's, there's like, other issues. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it's as simple as, hey, the jacket comes back no, and they're no, going to clean no. things it's up the in the field. It's the
1: mentality that I think... What's a tiny part of the home run jacket?
2: I just think it's a talent issue. The guys who love the jacket, Teo, there's a lot of talent there. I keep going back to last year when it seemed like all they needed was a really impactful lefty bat. Like, yeah, there were issues in the field, and Lourdes isn't a perfect player, and Teo's not a perfect player. But they really just needed a lefty bat, and that thing would have been... That lineup would have been so, so dangerous. Well, they got worse It would so year. difficult to deal Trying
1: with. Trying to... Tinker.
2: They lost talent trying to be a more balanced team that was going to rely on things Mm -hmm. like fundamentals. And then things go south, and those fundamentals are lost in your game because it's hard to be repeatable and to do things perfectly when things are not going perfect.
1: David Etobicoke. He's on the, the vibe train as well this morning. Jays need to start having fun. They need to bring back the home run celebration. I say we introduce a home run toque. Truly really Canadian way to celebrate the long ball. Maybe Barkin can bring it up. I know we're being a little bit tongue in cheek this morning, but well, okay. A lot of people upset about.
2: Hey, you're going to the positive ones. There's some negative ones. Oh no,
1: no. Too. I just we start a little bit of positivity, uh, but then we can take a hard, sharp turn. Varsho, Ernie Clement situation, and how that looks on not only the roster construction, but on John Schneider for making that decision. The fact that you traded away two. Pretty great players to add Varsho, and then you don't have the confidence in him in the what was it the ninth inning bases loaded or something was pretty dramatic moment, and you put Ernie ninth inning Clement doesn't matter though because Vladi was just like ground out machine Vladimir ground out Junior.
2: (laughs) Yeah, ultimately they had a chance with their best hitter up, and it was just like. I don't know if I wasn't... When that when that whole fake comeback was happening, I never They're once believed... they like the Raptors lately. Like, I'm just not... Yeah, I'm not even looking up at the television. I'm writing some notes down, and I'm not... I don't even give it the chance to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what that says about the team. I think um, it says something, though. I... Your best hitter was there with the opportunity to change everything.
1: Allison in Toronto. Speaking we of confidence, what are you doing to Varsho's confidence by pinch hitting him for a career minor leaguer with the bases loaded in the ninth? Schneider's game management has been a problem. If Varsho's been so awful, brackets, he has. Why is he hitting second? Schneider is the dude that put him there. Allison in Toronto.
2: Allison in Toronto knows what's up. Yeah, ultimately that is, that. it really, really looks like that's going to be the trade that defines this season. The talent loss, the miscalculation that, hey, we're going to be fundamental when we're not. Mm -hmm. Like, it all sort of is encapsulated in that move where you give up your top prospect, you give up a real vibes guy in Lourdes, and you put him in a position previously occupied or often occupied by a slugger that you dealt to the Seattle Mariners, the team you lost to for a guy who's, you know, maybe a stretch for an eighth inning guy, probably a stretch for an eighth inning guy. Like, when you add that, that paper trail... It just looks bad. And you start thinking about it when Ernie Clement steps up to the dish <laughs> in the ninth inning to pinch hit for him. A
1: lot of Ernie Clement talk, more than I ever anticipated this week. Ernie Clement has been a staple of the Fan Morning Show and mm-hmm. more. Um, alright right, five 590-590. Let's work through it, folks. There's lots to get through. Toronto Blue Jays need to win today. That's kind of the end of the sentence. Uh, we'll have our buddy John Morosi on at seven. We got some great guests today. Richard Petty, former MLSC president and CEO, is going to join us at seven thirty. Well, spicy time to have a former president and CEO of MLSC on for obvious reasons. Retired shortly after the sale of MLSC to Rogers slash Bell. So we'll go through some inner workings of how MLSC and the Maple Leafs. Exist.
2: One of the few people that could imagine what it's been like in the boardroom the last couple weeks. Correct.
1: Uh, Pete Blackburn's going to join us at eight. He doesn't have anything over us now. The Bruins are out. The Leafs are out. Maybe it'll be just like a nice, tame conversation about how much we don't love the Florida
2: Panthers. Maybe I get do. the feeling it'll still be adversarial, <laughs> yeah. but we'll
1: see. And then uh, to wrap up our show, Tom Fitzgerald, um, former NHL forward, he was with the 1996 Florida Panthers... To the Cup final, and he's obviously the current New Jersey Devils general manager after their pretty incredible turnaround season. Uh, We'll go through both his time in the Florida Panthers. I'm going to tease it now. He is cousins with a pretty important Florida Panthers family. Okay, we're going to get into the inner workings of their family,
2: hockey family. Yeah
1: inner family dynamics, what that's like. Um, of course, what it's like to play for Florida when they're rocking in the playoffs and a little bit of the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils look because they had a pretty great turnaround season and what's next for them. Um, okay, come some other information to share and we have talked a lot about Kyle Dubas. It's weird. Maybe too much about I think, Kyle yeah, Dubas. I think this is
2: the end. I think we've reached our... That, that's actually what I think is very interesting about this market is that Dubas is going to stay in the headlines Indefinitely, oh, you
1: know why? Clicks, downloads. Does
2: he, does he stay in the? Th- that's my. How long? My question to you is: How long does he stay in? So, the headlines here in Toronto today. He's Pittsburgh's general manager. Probably he makes a trade in November oh, he'll, involving he'll, yeah. a third liner.
1: It'll be in the news. Are we
2: talking about it? Are we yes, breaking we it are. down? And I
1: think it's going to be whatever happens this season. I don't agree with it, but this is our job. Um, the reason why we got to talk about him again today is the NHLPA is reviewing the relationship between. Dubis and his agent at Wasserman, which is a pretty reputable um
2: Big agent. time agency. Big, big, big one. Yeah. Austin Matthews. Everyone's in it. Is part of the Wasserman group.
1: For a potential violation of the certified agent regulations. So we've just dumbed this down a bit. Like we're going to break this down. Like when Michael Scott says, explain this to me, like I'm five because you don't need to know about agency inner workings other than the fact that. That Dubas was a former agent, too. So this is all kind of important information. He knows
2: the rules, both written and unwritten.
1: So his agent is Chris Armstrong of Wasserman, who is not a hockey agent. He is a golf agent. The NHLPA has regulations that prohibit agents from representing and providing services to any officer or employee of an NHL club. But this Armstrong guy currently is not an NHL-certified agent. That way, he isn't subject to any discipline by the NHLPA. Golf agent, as I mentioned, Tony Finau, Cameron Champ, et cetera. Let me read a quote from Frank Saravelli's article. So he brought this up at dailyfaceoff.com. So, quote, um, this is from an agent. This is clearly prohibited under the regulations. It is an unwritten, understood, and longstanding practice that your guy down the hall doesn't work on the other side. I'd like the NHLPA to launch an investigation and draw their own conclusion. So it's kind of weird because it says it's clearly prohibited, but it's an unwritten rule. So it's kind of, Mm. that doesn't work for me. Nonetheless, Matthews is represented by the same agency. People are now starting to think that there's some shenanigans going on here.
2: Yeah, I don't, like, uh, my question was, like, is this nothing or something? I kind of think it's nothing. I don't like, think it's I, anything. I, I mean, it feels like, and I'll do respect to Frank, who's one of our favorite guests, and we love him. Uh, it feels like someone, the person who spoke to him might have an ax to grind for whatever Sounds reason. Like, it. like there, there are people that are just like, oh, you know, the Maple Leafs. Like, whatever the Maple Leafs do, we're going to have an issue with. And that's why it's, like, the the common Twitter theme is it's always the Maple Leafs or it, ha- it mm-hmm. wouldn't It wouldn't be a, a, an issue with any other team but the Maple Leafs. But there's just more attention and with that comes people that want to underscore these things that may or may not be uh, permissible by unwritten or written law when it comes to agents and players and how everything intersects. However, I don't think there's a coincidence that Kyle Dubas wanted to have an agent that belonged to the same agency as Austin Matthews. You don't think? Because I think this is Massively, massively one important.
1: One happened before the. I don't know the timing of who uh, got I, an I, agent first. Well,
2: Matthew's agent is Judd Muldaver, and he changed agencies at one point, but it's always been Muldaver. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I don't think when. I'm sure Matthews though was connected to Wasserman before Dubas was, but I feel like, and if that's the case, which I don't know for 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 sure, mm-hmm. but I, I would venture a guess that okay, why wouldn't I uh, continue that relationship and see if. I can glean any information, if I can connect, hmm. if I can have any information cascaded down to me th- through Armstrong. I feel like it makes sense to have that be your agency if the thing that may define that X part of your tenure, if you uh, were able to get to that But if it's not against the rules,
1: it's not against the rules. But it is against the rules. It's an unwritten rule.
2: It, does that mean you can drive your golf cart on the green? I will tomorrow. I guess that's probably, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably written down no, somewhere. But it's,
1: it's not, no, but unwritten, it's not unwritten, a written rules. rule that you can't have the same... Oh, oh, no, that's
2: not really fair because there are unwritten rules everywhere, and you would never be the person to cross those boundaries. Whatever that unwritten rule may I might be, now there are unwritten rules in every in every walk of life that you just don't, unless you want to be a rebel or you want to do something that's above circumvention or above the rules, circumvention, whatever. You don't cross those boundaries, and he knew that that boundary existed, and I feel like he. Probably did this pers- purposefully, but probably thought he could do it without anyone noticing.
1: How? Because, it's like the biggest agency no needs, of all no time. Because no one needs to know
2: whose agency is. Well, like, unless that's not you public get fired and you're looking for you a contract. and Brendan Shanahan's like his agent and was like, he has got an agent? Who's, who's Kyle Dubas' agent? Like, I think that was purpose. I'm going to call
1: Wasserman and see if they can represent me and get myself in there and
2: Well, you have get to the see if there's an unwritten rule.
1: Why well, can't I get in there?
2: I'm sure you could. Because you don't work for an NHL team. But Kyle Dubas did.
1: They have like their list of people that they represent is is quite lengthy and it's star studded.
2: Yeah, and they're what are they? they're mostly athletes. They yeah. exclusively athletes. I do. Th- I, I, I I'm don't on their care. website right now. And, and frankly, there will be no penalty to Dubas. You can invest. So that's in, where it's What are you going to do? So what happens? You're going to have a lot cool. of work next year. No. Is Chris Armstrong going to get? Is, is Kyle Dubas going to get fined? No. Is Chris Armstrong going to get a slap on the mm-hmm. wrist? Maybe. I have no idea. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's something that people can get all pissy about if they're a fan of the Maple Leafs because everything that is only a Maple Leaf story is something that riles up a fan base. That's true. But however, I just don't think it matters. I think it could have came to Dubis's benefit, though. I think it's actually a smart move. I don't you think it, away did. With it. I don't
1: think it was detrimental. How about that?
2: Detrimental to what?
1: His, like, it, I don't know how much it benefited him, but I don't think it hurt Pit,
2: him. The Pittsburgh Penguins are definitely hiring him if they so choose or if Dubis decides to. It's not going to affect anything.
1: Anyway, I think the main thing is we will never find a way out of the Dubis conversation until one year has passed and whatever he did with the Pittsburgh Penguins is over. And I'm sure he makes a blockbuster trade and we all look at revisionist histories.
2: We should have got rid of Kyle Dubis. Oh, yeah, it'll last forever. How about the quotes coming out of that athletic piece from Jonas Siegel yesterday?
1: Wow, yeah. If you haven't had a chance to read that, can I read some of the highlights?
2: Uh, yeah. Just a couple quotes? Go for it.
1: <clears throat> so, yeah, Jonas Siegel published an article on Thursday, which is quotes from various Maple Leaf staffers who were struggling to move on from Kyle Dubas. Quote, I'm in mourning right now, says one front office official. Quote, it doesn't make any sense. That's why it's disappointing, said another front office member. When the Leafs got off to a rocky start back in October, Dubas gathered his stuff for a meeting. He calmed the group and said, be the best you can be. God. Just do what you do. Quote, people don't understand how much work you put in. A front office member quipped. He had it made with this guy.
2: There, There's a big, this is all, like, that is just nonsense to me. But there's an issue here because it seems like, We talked about the time crunch and what needs to happen. On one hand, you got Brandon Shanahan taking his time, right? Like, let's get some, let's get, let's go through the interview process. Let's bring people in. Fly them in. Let's see who we can talk to. (laughs) Let's connect. Let's. Uh, let's put a job posting on LinkedIn. Yeah, like open competition. Let's see who the next GM is. And then on the flip side, the people that are actually still employed by MLSE, pretty out. much all of whom were hired by Kyle Dubas or Kyle Dubas wanted there, mm-hmm. can't even move forward. It seems like they're stuck. And, and I've been a part of a situation where people got fired, or the where you thought you were going mm. all of a sudden was disrupted. It is paralyzing, so I can I can give them for sure like some it's been leniency a there. A week today, but that's why I'm worried. Yep. If you guys are all paralyzed, you can't move forward. You can't do anything because your guy is gone. How are they going to make the necessary decisions before July 1st? It is almost June. They mm-hmm. have so much to do, and they're all talking about how. They're all wearing black and talking about how they've lost someone really important to them. Like It's it's not a good situation right now for the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: I wonder how Brandon Pridham is doing. it has been quiet on that front.
2: He's just... He's, he's got a
1: lot on his desk he's now. He's
2: all about data and he's just like... It's, he doesn't emote. <laughs> he Hope
1: might be a robot. That, if,
2: I, if I'm right about that, then that's probably the best thing. Yeah, to he Maple might be right the now. best
1: guy for the job. Um, okay. Poof. We do have some more stuff to go through um, in terms of the Nico Sparks bid for the Ottawa Senators, but let's save that for something to chew on because it is chewy. It, it is chewy. digestible. Uh, it is a lot going on there. I want to get to the A list because I might no longer be a part of the block party. I might not be a blockhead.
2: You retired your blockhead.
1: I'm, I'm kind of turned off by the blockhead situation Me here. Too. So Me too. let's bring that up in the A list, and then we'll get to John Morosi at seven o'clock.
2: Sportsnet five ninety. It's time for the A-List. Bing, bong, bing, bong, bing, bong. What's up, baby?
1: All right, what was a fun, feel-good story last week? Michael Block, club pro, captivating the entire golf world during the PGA Championship, finished 15th, had a hole-in-one, automatically qualifies for the PGA Championship next year, then gets some sponsors exemptions to come to the Chuck Schwab. And the Canadian Open. Michael Jordan even texted him. He's living the dream right now. He's been all over podcasts. He's been all over everything.
2: He certainly has. We saw
1: the rise of Michael Block. We might be seeing the fall of Michael Block. Mm-hmm. Here is a clip from a podcast called Ripper Magoo. <laughs> Okay. Where I, you know, I just play it. Yeah.
2: So what's the difference between his game on, would you, I mean,
0: you'd assume that Rory is a better golfer than you are? He's a lot longer than I am. That's what it is. Okay. So that the, <laughs> the length is the big thing. Oh my God. What I would shoot from where Rory hits it
2: would be stupid.
0: What, I, what, I, what I think compar- I'd be I'd think health- one of the best players in the world. Oh, really? <laughs> Hands down. Oh, if I had, if I had that stupid length, I, all the, all day. My 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 iron game wedge game around the greens and my putting is 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 world class. <clears throat> All right,
1: Mike. So he thinks that if he had Rory's length from the tee, he would be world class, and he could be one of the best golfers in the world.
2: When when he said, "Oh my God," I thought he was like, "Oh my God, Rory can hit the golf ball like what a player, what a treat it was to play with Rory McIlroy. Amazing to see what he can do up close." But no, it's oh my God. If I was able to hit from the spots, <laughs> I would be better than Rory McIlroy. Honestly, well, life comes at you fast, Mike does. Block, because he is plus eleven mm. through one round at the Chuck Schwab. He gets at
1: the bottom of the dead yep.
2: last. Uh, and the ironic thing is, like the PGA Championship at Oak Hill, you had to hit it long to be in in contention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I don't know if this is a fact, but I'm sure the Chuck Schwab is a little more lenient on guys who don't hit it as far than at a major championship. And it didn't help Michael Block at least in one round at the Chuck Schwab.
1: It's pretty incredible that if i like the question was, "Yo, know, like you agree that Rory McIlroy is but be- like better golfer," and your answer is. He's a lot longer than I am. That's what it is. Not even... Oh, yeah. He's the be- he's one of the best in the world. But I would also benefit from... Yeah. I'm. T- if Tomorrow, I'm hitting the links. If I could have Rory's length of T, I tee, I could be one of the best players in the world, too. Is that how it works? Because, damn, I can get new drivers out there tomorrow. I might just come back on Monday in the LPGA. Yeah,
2: it might be a new reality for you.
1: Anyway, um, I'm not...
2: This is, it's so reminiscent of David Ayers, it hurts.
1: Yes, I knew you were going to bring that up.
2: It just is. It's like, you can't just enjoy the moment. You got to be like, oh, this is, you got to make it more than it is.
1: And you know what I didn't like too? And I was, they, I mean, the camera was on Michael Block all day yesterday. I watched the, some of
2: the Chuck Schwab. And, and that would be difficult It to is.
1: Oh my God, a hundred percent. This guy has now been the talk of the town for a week and he's living this dream that he probably didn't think he was ever going to live. He's walking down the course signing autographs, taking photos with you. It was like Happy Gilmore. It was Happy Gilmore. And this is a professional event, and I get it. Like, it's fun. It's exciting. But also the fact that you finished dead last and the leaderboard, like, let's just dial it in the golf part because it's – I don't want it to become – he comes to the Canadian Open, and it's like, oh, God, this guy, like – he shouldn't be out here with the Thursday stars. Thursday, Friday, so.
2: the Canadian Open is going to be the Michael Block show.
1: And that's okay because I'm going to be there. And also I know Danielle. <laughs> and I know Daniele is trying to get him on the show. So let's not bury him too much. I want to ask him. Oh, we got to be honest. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to like talk at both sides of my mouth. But this is, it's tough, tough thing to say. And then not walk the walk, right? At one point he was shooting off a bridge. <laughs> the ball ended up on the bridge and he was shooting off the bridge.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah that's that's my point it's like okay it's not just length it's accuracy then if you were on the bridge
1: anyway like... i wish the blue jays were as confident in themselves no as... one's
2: better off a bridge by the way <laughs> no one is he, better. On no the, one hits a ball the off tour, a bridge
1: mike mike block best on the uh, best on the tour off the bridge okay uh john morosi on the other side of the break let's talk about the blue jays in a bad bad place he is a positive man
2: Positive guy on a negative team.
1: (laughs) Ooh, that's next.